Megan from Monster Mania Con, and I'm sitting here with Doug, the best, and Dave, the next best thing, Hagen. And uh, Rob Dimension, I guess the odd man out. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> Your worst best thing. Rob, you can take my spot. <laughs> so I guess today we're going to do a little recap of Monster Mania Con 24. It was the 10th year anniversary, and Dave and family, you did not disappoint. What a experience. I got to say, I mean, I wanted to make the 10th anniversary something big. You know, I mean, it goes back to when, you know, Dave and I were coming back, like, you know, I've said before, coming back in a car from Pittsburgh. And, and, and I went back to that in my mind almost all weekend long. You know, I kept thinking, wow, like, look what that car ride has turned into, you know. Um, to me, the turnout was phenomenal. I would have never, ever expected we would get the turnout that we did. Um we got really lucky, I think, uh, for the most part. Uh, there were few cancellations. I mean, every show has is going to have cancellations. It's just the nature of the beast. Any convention that tells you that they don't have can- cancellations is lying. I mean, it's just uh, people get film work. People cancel out at the last minute for all various different reasons. Um, I think, barring a couple people, uh, we really got lucky with this one. Um, the guests were phenomenal. The staff was phenomenal. The vendors were great. The and the fans, the turnout from the fans was just amazing. I, I was totally blown away by, you know, what the weekend turned out to be. What do you guys think? Seeing it from yeah, no, the uh, first time to to now, I'm uh, still tired. <laughs> I, I mean, know, it was I, long. I agree. I'm fighting off like a post-con cold. Uh, you know, that's why I attribute it to. But um, yeah, I think at one point in time you turned to me and said, "Hey, all this from." From a car ride home, yeah, and essentially it started, you know, again, way back in the early days. I won't get into it too much, but hey, it started out as me and you. You know, Doug came along, and you know, with the help of a lot of other people, you know, we got it off the ground, and it's bigger than we ever thought. Yeah, I mean, I, I know this is going to sound corny, but the the one thought that crossed my mind over the weekend when I saw, like, you know, just how many people turned out when. All is said and done, and my life is over. Monster Mania Con is going to be the thing that I'm going to be remembered for. You know what I mean? It's like Boris Karloff was always Frankenstein. Bela Lugosi was always Dracula. You know, I'm always going to be... It's going to be your legacy. Yeah, I mean, it it, it really is. I mean, I'm always going to be associated with Monster Mania Con. I mean... But that's not a bad thing. Oh, no, no, not at all. I mean, it's... I mean, but it hit me this weekend. Uh, You know, I I guess because of the turnout. and I mean, all weekend long, people coming up, you know, shaking my hand, thanking me. And, and, you know, some people, I mean, literally with like almost tears in their eyes because they had met the person, the star they wanted to meet or, or because they had brought their family and had a great experience or whatever. I mean, I guess at some point on Saturday, it really hit me. Wow, like, this is it for me. You know what I mean? Like, this is... You know, years ago I wanted to be a writer, and you know, I mean, I, I still hope to publish some novels and, and other things. But you know, like this is truly what I'm going to be remembered for. You know, and 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 it's it's cool to know that. You know, I, I mean, it, it's it's uh, I, I don't know how to put it into words, but I mean to to know that you've created or you know we're, we're part of a group of people that created this and that that this. 
you know, uh, is not only is it your baby, but it, it means so much to so many other people. You know, it's it's a really cool thing. I mean, like I'm, it, it hit me this weekend for the first. I time think ever. you're a mad scientist originally, and it blooms out to this huge thing. And a, a lot of people go through life wanting to be known for something or trying to do something they've always wanted to do, and so few accomplish that. But you have accomplished that. I don't think it's corny at all. I think it's uh, it's amazing that you've set out to do something and you did it. That that's something to be proud of. And it's, I mean, it started out, I mean, there were failures along the way. I mean, you guys remember uh, spooky films, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, but I'll tell you what, I enjoyed it. I mean, we lost money on on doing it. Just for those that don't know, we, I started showing double features at the Harwin Theater. Uh, The first one we did was was Dracula and Freaks. Uh, It was Todd Browning night. It literally rained in the theater, which just added to the ambiance because in Freaks it rains in, in, in the film, so I mean, it was almost like you see 3D movies, this was like... It's 3D. like a William Castle movie. Yeah, actually. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it was... It, it, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, Hero Vision, I guess, you know? Um, but, you know, and then we had done the... Uh, we moved to um, the International House in Philadelphia and did the Frankenstein Bride of Frankenstein with Sarah Karloff, which actually came full circle because this year around Halloween they did that in theaters and it was like wow like I knew that I mean and we lost money on that like that that didn't have the turnout that I had hoped that it would have when we did it and it's it's funny you know 10 years later to see that Universal decided to do the same thing so it was it kind of like you're ahead of the curve. Well, I don't know that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, it kind of to me, it was like, wow. See, it was a good idea, you know, because I mean, you know me, uh, no one takes a loss or uh, you know, not being right or whatever you want to say. No one takes it harder than I do. You know, no one takes failure worse than me. You know, I mean, it's just like it, it's and and it, it it eats away at me. You know, and that I, I couldn't understand. Why, when we did that Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein uh, thing with Sarah Karloff doing the Q&A with the fans, I couldn't understand why that didn't work. And, I, and honestly, when we did Monster Mania number one, I was afraid it was going to turn into the same thing. No turnout. You know, oh, yeah. A, a big investment of money just thrown away. Yeah, you know what I mean? It was a huge risk. It was. But what... What we did with the Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein thing, with the Q&A with Sarah Karloff, I kind of incorporated that into Monster Mania, and it's, it's proven to be, you know, it, it was a good idea, you know, it just, it, I guess more people needed to know about it, you know, so we got really lucky. Well, I think that was at, at a time where things were different. Now I think that because of social media and things like that, and film is at a point where it is now, people are appreciating that stuff. You know, depending on how long ago, how long ago was that? Like, that was that was probably ten, eleven years ago. Yeah, things were different back then, so things are different now. So I, I don't, I do think that you were ahead of the curve, you know, so to speak. But I, at the same time, though, think about how how easier it was for Universal, where they didn't have to send out film, they didn't have to do anything. It was all digital, and they did it during the week when a night at a theater isn't very expensive, you know. So they, I mean, they kind of had it in their court where it was all going to be profit. There right. really wasn't going to be much loss. So for you, you took a risk and yeah. you gave the fans that truly wanted to see them on the big screen, and you did thirty-five millimeter. No, we wound up having to do sixteen. Sixteen millimeter, and then you did. Uh, you had Sarah Karloff there, which is awesome. Well, actually, it, it, she turned. 
At the time, there was a movie out, which is a very good movie I would recommend for people that are into Universal Monsters. Uh, it was a movie about James Whale, who was the director of Frankenstein, a bride of Frankenstein, called Of Gods and Monsters. And it's the, the title of that movie comes from a line in uh, Bride of Frankenstein. And Sarah turned to me. At, that time, at the time, I had, we had done this double feature with Sarah. That movie was up for an Academy Award. Uh, and when they did the toast in, that, in, that, uh, in Bride of Frankenstein in the theater, she turned to me and said, oh, that's where they got the title from. She said that was the first time she had ever seen Bride of Frankenstein from start to finish. Wow. So, you know, which I, I was amazed at, you know, yeah. to be honest. But, uh, I mean, it was cool to uh, show her father's work to Sarah, you know. I mean, that, that was... It, it, there's a lot more that goes into it than just the money that you get out of it. You know what I mean? Like, although financially that was a failure, I look back on that very fondly because it, it meant a lot of different things. You know, for me to personally pull that together for the first time and have someone appear at, uh, at a film that we were showing and, and do the q and I mean, it all led up to what Monster Media became, but also to show that film to, to Boris Karloff's daughter for the first time. You know, that, that was pretty I think it's because too. you're a fan, and I've said that from day one, that you're a fan that true. when you put together these conventions and you put together the list of guests and you do everything that you're going to do, and even, the, even down to the movies that you show, everything, you're a fan first and foremost, and you truly have everyone's you know, uh, hopes and desires in your best interest. Where you're trying to give them exactly what you want to do too. You want to see and meet and feel. You want to be able to share that experience. And I think that's really what separates you from others is that you you. Tr- it's not about money. It's about caring, and that's what I appreciate. Well, that's what I mean. I bounce guest ideas off of these guys all the time. Uh, I bounce what films we're going to show. Um, different ideas, you know, the the costume contest. I mean. Uh, I try to. If, I figure that if if it's something that interests me, and then I run it by them, and and they're, you know, for it or think it's a good idea. I mean, if if it's of interest to us, more than likely it's going to be of interest to you know the fans that come to the show. And, and that's the whole thing. I mean, it, it's not a one person uh, project. You know, I mean, it's uh, the first thing I do when. Uh, I think about getting a guest, or I do actually get a guest. You know, when we got the Hanson brothers, you know, Dave is the first person I called. Uh, when we got Carl Weathers, you know, Doug was the first person I called. You know, because of their personal interests. You know, I mean, it's to be in the position to call Dave and say, "Hey, the Hanson brothers are doing our show," or to call Doug and say, "Hey, Carl Weathers is doing our show." I mean, that's that's a reward that I get. That goes beyond how much money you put in the bank or what notoriety you get or anything other than that. It's just a personal, you know, it, it's it's almost like a gift to my kids. You know, it's almost like, you know, hey, here's what I got you. I got you the Hanson Brothers or, hey, I got you Carl Wellers or whoever it might be, mm-hmm. you know. I, I mean, that's the way I look at it. And I, and I look at it, I look at it that way besides the immediate family. I also look at it that way for the fans. It's like, yeah, I'll bring in people for films that I personally really don't care for too much, but I know that the fans want to meet, you know, certain person or a certain group of people or whatever. And, you know, I mean, I, 
I, I do it for the right reasons. Absolutely. You know? I totally agree. What do you guys think about how things went? I mean, was there anything that really came out to you or, or, or something that really uh, meant something special or anything? No, I, I think the one good thing to see was that, you know, although we, you know, I said you know, we expected a large turnout and see, like, seeing it in reality was kind of like mind-blowing. I mean, just, you know, hey, uh, we knew a lot of the, the numbers were high and, uh, again, how does that translate into actual people? I mean, it was nonstop all weekend. Well, uh, with the turnout, the, one of the first things I thought of was that when we had the staff meeting, when you, you nailed it, I mean, you told the staff we were going to be, you know, 50 to 70% higher in attendance than, than what we normally were than what we had been in the past. And and the shows have consistently grown. Last March was the biggest show we ever had. Um, and, and last August was the second biggest show we ever had. I mean, like, we just, each year it seems like it, it the word spreads and it builds upon itself. Um, and, and you had said at the staff meeting, you know, you expected a lot more people. But hearing it and knowing it, I, I agree. But seeing it was like, wow. Yeah, and, and, and the one thing, I mean, that, that was, like, logistically, that's kind of what I was worried about. Like, hey, that's going to be a lot of people. But it seemed like there were minimal no problems. I mean, with, with that large amount of people, that was phenomenal. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was blown away by the amount of people that came through the doors. And simultaneously, um, the ability of the staff to handle that many more people. Uh, and, and just the way that that large of a crowd handled itself. I mean, I thought, like, there was no... Honestly, I think we got less complaints about this show than almost any show we've ever had. With I'd agree with that. With a, the, a, a much, much higher volume of people. I you think, would think with more people comes more problems, but... But with more people, we spread out. We were able to adapt another third vendor's room instead of, what was it, you know, a spin-off uh, star's room. So it spread people out more, I think. That was the biggest. Every Plus, I think you had busy. more activities, too, I think, where people were able to stay busier. Oh, you had people, bu- yeah, you know, people were up front, oh, what am I going to do? I want to see that movie, but right. I want to go to this, but and I want to go to that, you know. And that's always been the intention of Monster Mania. Right. I-, I want you to come in here on Friday and leave here on Sunday and still go home saying, I didn't get to do everything I wanted to do. You know what I mean? I'd much rather have that kind of a show the kind of a show. I mean, you know, you and I have how many shows have we gone to? We drove down. I don't want to throw shows under the bus, but you and I drove down for two hours to go to a show, and after two and we walked around the room for about ninety minutes. And I turned to you and said, "I don't know if I'm getting older, or or what, but I'm done." Like ninety minutes, and we were done. But that's why Monster Mania is what it is because we put together the show, you know, from the get go from Monster Mania One. We put together that show that's going to give you, hey, I can do this, I can do this, I can do that. You know, give you too many options to choose from. And so you, do you, you think have to uh, make a difficult? Decision. Do you think a better term is experience? You yeah. get, you're giving yeah. them a an fuller, experience, a more and, full experience, and we try new things. You know, we tried the costume contest before. We had some mild Mixed. success. Yeah, some mixed reviews, but I think this time around, Crazy. it went much better. The costumes were phenomenal. I Elaborate. mean, some of them were well put together money-wise. Some were, you know, 
cheaper, but still original, still good. Yeah. yeah, the guy that came in is Maurice from Dude, uh, huge, right? Awesome. Little Monsters. Really? Even the guy that was Johnny Lawrence. Yeah, and came in, he did the whole dance on stage. I was like, that guy's got to win. Wait, you didn't call me down for that? But then uh, then they had the, the Star Wars tribute that yeah. came in. I mean, how could you not give them mm-hmm. the award when they had lightsabers? I mean... They had mechanically and they, operated arms going on. You yeah. couldn't even interview the guy. Dad, dad's in there. Dad's yeah. trying to he reach was in. Ducking He's getting hit in the top of the head with it. I'm like, man, this is a good time. Every time your dad would come to the side of the stage, the guy would come closer, yep. Yep. and your dad was like getting smaller and smaller, right. trying to duck. Con's riding the con. Yeah. We're, we're making jokes. We're having a good time. Oh, it was fun, dude. You know? I, I found out too, which I really didn't give the guy credit for when I saw the costume. The the uh, the costume from the burning, uh, the guy that had that oh the cropsy yeah yeah from the burn he made that mask I didn't realize that I thought it was a bought mask I found out afterwards that he he um, is part of the uh, Savini he goes to the Savini makeup school he made that mask himself oh that's awesome and I mean that was spot on I thought it was a store bought mask I had no idea the guy constructed it himself I, but I do I think that the costume contest was. It was hard to judge. I mean, we, we talked about it there. It was hard to judge because there were so many original costumes. Like, a lot of people put themselves in the original category. And it was just very difficult to judge with the three of us having all three different personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was shocked by how many people... Well, I am seated up on stage, and, and what we did is we had the people in costume uh, down the hall, and we brought them in one at a time. Like, every time I thought, well, this has got to be the last one. Like... The, it just kept going and going and yeah. going. I mean, I, I don't even know how many. The stage was, at the end, we brought everybody out on stage. The stage was full, and we still had to run people in front of it. In front of the stage to get everybody in one shot. I mean, it was. And the audience was full. And the audience was full. It, for was, it was awesome. Doors were open. People yep. were watching from outside of the and, room. And I'll tell you, it was a good time. I mean, I really got a chance to just, you know. Be myself a little bit, you know, and 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 joke around with people. And got a wolf in. Got, I got a <laughs> wolf in. Yeah, I said, "Yo, Big Dave, can we get a wolf? Can we get one?" And he threw it in. Yeah, it was fun, man. And I even a got a time. hello kitty. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time. So it was it was a lot of fun. I guess uh, I really enjoyed it. The question is, will that be back? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We asked that question at the end, and the crowd just like uproar. Yeah, yeah. You know, clapping, mm-hmm. going. Full nine, so absolutely. I mean, I can see that becoming what we had initially, when we first did it, oh, I guess the first show, um, we had made the mistake of not making a, a, a children's category, and the, the, we did by by um, applause. Yeah. Uh, you know, applause, the last applause chose the winner. Popularity. And uh, the kids won, and then I got, like, hate emails for, like, a month afterwards. Um, so going into this, I knew we needed to have a kids category, and, and this time there was only one, one kid. You know, one kid. You know, go but figure. I, and that's what we talked about. Remember, we said every zombie has a bum leg. Yeah. yeah if, you're, if you're a zombie knee doctor, you're going to make a mint because everyone's right knee was given out. Every there. zombie like, drags their one leg. I just, it's crazy. It's they like they all got hit by cars or something. It was, it was like watching the, the old mummy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, if the mummy catches you, you're you know you deserve to be killed. And then they all tripped on the uh, on the uh, well, tripod. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. Well, that was really sticking out for us. So. <laughs> yeah, but you got the bum leg. You got to move around it. Yeah. But in all honesty, it took us. I, I, we weren't thinking it was going to take us that long, but it took us like 15, 20 minutes to come up with a winner. It was crazy. It was tough. It, it was, was tough. I mean, <clears throat> and there were like I thought. I I really liked the London after midnight. I thought that looked awesome. Uh, but I mean, there was just so many. You know. Uh, it, I think we lacked kids because it was so late in the evening. Yeah. Because um, so you could see throughout the day, you know, there was a kid walking around dressed like Carl. Uh, you know, and I yep. thought for sure he would, you know, enlist. And he, he kind of looked like Carl. Yeah, but, you know, you don't know. It's, it's 10 o'clock at night. I mean, my, my boys were awake, but not everybody stays at the hotel, so I think that kind of handcuffs it. Yeah. But to so, do it any earlier takes away from other things. kind of the fun of it. Because, yeah. to be honest, you had the, uh, the, the zombie killers panel at... Uh, 8.30. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Well, do you do a kid's costume contest Sunday morning? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, su- Sunday we've got, you know, we've got the Yorkie thing going on. we got the Sinister Shorts contest, um, which we'll bring back again for August as well. I mean, Sunday's really a lot we'll of different take care of again. Yeah. 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 Per DMs of the stars and all that kind of stuff. So Sunday's chock full. I mean, I think Saturday's the day for it. I really, I mean, I think it, it was perfect. I mean, I, I don't really want to want to mess with it too much. No. I mean, I, I thought the time was good. I thought the t- and, and you know what? It gives people that are that are attending the convention, it gives them time that if they ha- aren't already in costume, gives them time to go up to their room, get made up. You know, they've got plenty of time between when the vendors' room closes at seven o'clock to uh, when the contest starts at ten. They've got three hours to get something to eat, refresh. And again, you're costume. giving them something that they're doing throughout the night that's making that day that much better. Yeah, so, I mean, and I that basically it. bled right into uh, Rocky Horror. I mean, I think yes. we only had a 45-minute lapse, maybe 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, so it, when we were leaving, Rocky Horror was already setting in. up and getting in costumes. So yeah. it just perfectly bled in, you know, right into the next event. Yeah. I, you know, in retrospect, I think we picked the right time and the right place for it. And it was... You know, the, the the 10th anniversary was the perfect opportunity to bring it back, and it was it far surpassed what I what my hopes were for it. You know, I, I would you know I'm really looking forward to doing it again. Yeah, I expected the costumes to be good. I did not expect them to be that good. I didn't expect them to be at the I level mean, that they were. People had remote control. Uh, oh, well, they had the the, the pig from the Saul. from pig. Oh, I mean, yeah. the little saw puppet yeah. that was on the tricycle that was pedaling around on stage. Yeah, I, I mean, forgot it, about that. it pedaled. The legs went, the feet went. The, the... And then someone was dressed as Man Thing, which was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it was I, I was going to go cut some places with that. But... <laughs> hey, uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be up for more recap, so don't go anywhere. Dave Hagen, along with my brother Dougie Fresh Hagen, uh, my father Big Dave Hagen, and last but not least Rob Dimension. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Grumpy right. So let's talk about the VIP party on Friday night, which is always the party to be at. I'll tell you, dude, this party was really awesome, and it it started out a little bit slow, but man, 
by the end of it, we had Iron E from, uh, who's known as T-Dog from The Walking Dead. He danced like nonstop. It seemed like at least an hour. People, he had a great time. He just, he really mixed and mingled with everybody. People were really enjoying it. Um, nearly everyone from The Walking Dead came. Uh, they did the, the ceremonial cake cutting. The best part for me was I actually got uh, a chance to just sit in the back of the room for, you know, once the party got going and had a great conversation with both uh, John Kassir and Tyler Maine, just talking about, you know. Wow, awesome. The, yeah, I mean, that's that's the one thing that, as the promoter, you really don't get to do. Like, believe it or not, I didn't even see Billy D. Williams for, for the show. I didn't uh, see him. No. I did. I went in that room for, like, two seconds, and I saw him... Uh, he was looking tough. Yeah, was looking tough. I went over twice to see him, but he had not come down yet. The uh, either of the two times, uh, and the next thing I knew, like I was really tied up with stuff when he was getting ready to leave, so I never got a chance to say goodbye. But we get a chance to move his table. Yeah, <laughs> hey, way to go. <laughs> yeah, Douglas didn't see him either. But uh, I mean, like one of the things as the promoter, like I that I miss out on is I get to invite all these really great people to the show, and my opportunity to really like sit and talk with them. Uh, doesn't happen all that much. None of us get that. Like, yeah. like honestly, none of us. Like, people always say, like, oh, how, how many autographs did you get? And I, I didn't get any. Yeah. Like, seriously, like, we're all so busy that none of us, we, we don't get much of a chance. So. But at the VIP party, I got a chance to sit. I was sitting in the back of the room. Uh, first was talking to John Kassir for a long time. We were talking about, uh, you know, what his role on the Monsters would have would have been if it would have continued. Oh, I'd love and, to have been that one. Uh, it, was, it was a really great conversation. He's a great guy, too. And then uh, Tyler Maine saw me, and he came over, and then the three of us were talking. Um, so, I mean, you know, it, that was, for me, that was the highlight of the VIP party, personally. But I, I know, like, so many people had a great time. It, it's a great opportunity to, to get your picture taken with the stars. You know, no one, thankfully, no one ever bothers the, the stars for their autographs at the show, I mean, at the party. Um it's it, it's really it, it's everything you want the VIP party to be. It's relaxed. You know, it's, it's a good time. It's a really good time. And we had a, a cake cutting with uh, we had a Jason mask. And of course, if you got Kane in the room, you got to have Kane cut the Jason cake. Mm-hmm. And he he didn't even, not only cut the cake, he like stabbed it like fourteen times or something. Um, but it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, everybody really had a good time. It, it, the DJ was 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 awesome and uh, the hitman. The, yeah, the hitman. <laughs> uh, I think you do it right. You you control the number. You don't do it as just a make money scheme. You control the number, which controls the amount of people in, so you can flow in and out. You do have time to talk. You know, it's not like a jam packed dealer's room. Mm-hmm. You know, right. You have. I mean, to if move around. The intention for it is to be a VIP party, and if you've got you know three hundred people in the room, it's no longer a VIP. Party. Right. It's not intimate. Right. Intimate's a great word, and, and people ask all the time, "Hey, how can I get in there?" It's like, you, well, you can't unless you get the VIP. Yeah. Team. So it's nothing we let anybody else into without having that. We don't want to uh, water it down by making it exactly too many people. Exactly. You know, and it's you know, in my mind, if these people are paying two hundred bucks, you know, besides you know they get the person's autograph and they get a you know specific time with the you know the headliner or whoever it might be, um, I. I I think you owe people a VIP experience when they come into that when they come into the doors for the party. I mean, hopefully all the stars show up. So, you know, inevitably some do, some don't. But um, you know, I, I think you you owe it to the people to give them. 
the best VIP party experience that you can give them. So you know, did which, you give them some Big Dave dancing? No. Oh, buddy. <laughs> now that's what they that, need. That, that, would clear that, the that is part of the experience that we need to make sure it's seen. They need like a 1991 Leprechaun's Banquet in Port Richmond. Who oh, gave that girl a black eye? She's, <laughs> I think she's cute. Oh, man. I'm talking about the hands on the knees dance that you do. Uh, that, the, that's my favorite. Like a straight out of what's happening. <laughs> But the one I did up in New York, like a straight out of what's gone wrong. <laughs> yeah, the one we were walking well, through yeah, uh, and, uh, Manhattan when uh, Moose Lake Jagger, Jagger comes yeah. on. Well, you know, yeah, it's a real good time. People stop and take pictures. You know, <laughs> hey, you know, you only live once, man. really. You know, if 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 yeah, you, that was Jeremy's birthday party. Yeah, if you can't have right. fun, if you can't have fun in life, then if you're gonna worry about what people think you're and all exactly. that kind of stuff, if he does that, I'll do the T Rex. Oh, your T-Rex is bad, too. Oh, <laughs> I'm probably the only one that's got rhythm in this room. I don't know about that, sir. Come on, man. Don't even start it. Next VIP That's party. right. You had the Justin Timberlake frosted tips. You're probably like... <laughs> oh, I get some moves. <laughs> you probably all like vanilla sink. ice. <laughs> well, let's uh, not even go there. <laughs> hey, and today we are uh, actually recording at the Crown Plaza Hotel, which is... It's actually really cool. I've never been here besides when it's packed to the gills. So uh, it, it's it's really my home away from home. I, I mean, it's I love the place. I really do. Uh, I had seen, you know, some people in, on Facebook had posted that, uh, you know, the convention's gotten so big we need to move it to a convention center and all that kind of stuff. I mean, if the crowds really continue to like to just get insanely big, I mean, we would have to look at you know possibly moving things. But uh, my full intention is to stay here. There's a personality. At this location, um, that, that that defines Monster Mania, and to move it to a convention center or uh, you know a, a larger type place, I mean, I think um, you know for for all intents and purposes, the, the Crown Plaza here and Monster Mania is you know we've we've learned how to make the hotel layouts work for us to, uh, as best as they can, I right. think. and the hotel works with us the Absolutely. best they can. I text with Brian, you text with Brian and Will, you know, there's a friendship, it's not just business, you know, even coming in uh, earlier today, Dad and I showed up pretty much about the same time, and we went and grabbed something to eat from the restaurant, ran into the waiter that always takes care of us, uh, you know, talk convention, ran into maintenance guys coming up, hey, hey monster guys, hey Dave, you know, they, they always got jokes, you know, but... Even a lady, when we were getting our room key to set up for the podcast, you know, hey guys, how you doing? You know, last weekend was great, or two weekends ago was great. So it's it's friends, it's business, but no, I mean it, it's it's a good situation. I mean it's 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 truly the best you can hope for if you're a convention promoter working out of a, a out of a specific place. I mean, like you said, I mean there, I've worked with Will for I don't know how many years now. You know, I've worked we've worked with Brian. I mean it's. You know, Q is the guy. We, we've seen him go from, you know, the person that does set up to, to maintenance and things like that. I mean, uh, the staff here is, uh, you know, almost part of our, the Monster Mania staff. Well, and they appreciate you know? it, too. They gave you the uh, the framed picture. Yeah. The 10th yeah. anniversary picture. Brian had texted it to me, and I was trying to help him work on it. We wanted to get the, uh, the front cover of all the programs and put something together now. You know, we're going back 20-some shows, so we weren't able to do that. I don't have them all at my house, but 
um, you know, I knew what Brian was looking to do, and, and he hooked you up. And Brian was expecting a little girl, so we, you know, returned the favor. We brought in a present for him and his wife for their new bundle of joy, who's due any day now. Almost and, happened today. Almost happened today, right? False alarm. So it is, you know, it's that family feel. It, it like you're saying with the convention, you know, you want it to be a family feel. People are coming up and thanking you. People are giving you. A hundred boxes of good and plenties, which we need to talk about. We need to start bringing in Reese cups, people. Um, yeah, no Reese cups. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you, I got or curly blondes. I, I, I got twenty boxes, and I'm not exaggerating. I got twenty boxes of good and plenty. I mean, it's like, did you get a dentist with that? No, well, I, no, I, I got a dentist. I, I know we're getting for Christmas, but uh, I, I mean, it's just it just goes to show, honestly, that what you put out, you get back. You know, in life, and I, I truly that that's. Really, what I believe. I mean, you know, for the most part, I think if you put out positive vibrations or whatever you want to say, then you, you know it, it comes back to you. And the same way with with negativity. You know, if you if you're going to be if you're going to be one of those people that are going to always look for uh, you know the rain cloud in the sky, then all you're ever going to find is rain. You know right. what I mean? Right. Well, you've got to you know every everything in life has. You know, pluses and minuses. I mean, I'm sure there were things that, that happened at the at the show, uh, you know, that you know c- could have run better. I mean, that, that's in in life, it's going to be that way. Like, what quarterback in a football game throws? You know, completes every pass that he throws. You know, so if he, if he throws two bad ones, you know, does that make him you know worthless? No. You know what I mean? It's you've got to look at look at everything on a whole, and, and I think that you know the the way that the hotel works with us, the way that the fans work with us, the way that the stars work with us, you know, I think if you put out positive, you get back positive. And I think the show, more than anything, has um, reaffirmed that belief of mine. You know, that, you know, I mean, you're going to get the Facebook complainers here and there, but, you know, I mean, I went back to the, to the, I went on Facebook the day after the show, uh, you know, just to look at it to see, you know, if there was any issues. Sometimes I don't know there was an issue until somebody tells me about it, you know, two days after the show. You know, like, I, I can't be everywhere at every time. Um, the, the Facebook responses were overwhelmingly. I agree with that 100%. Hugely, you know, super positive, you know, and, and I can't wait for August, you know. Everyone thanked you for the time they had, for the, you know, everything. I, I, it was very, very positive. So I, I think that uh, that's, that to me shows that you really, you guys really put together a great show. Yeah. That's what it shows. But, uh, you know, going back to the good and plenty, man, like I never expected to get 20 boxes of good and plenty. You know what I mean? It's just, it, it you know, it shows that people listen and people enjoy what we're doing with the, with the podcast. And, you know, uh, next time I'm going to ask for, Girls in short dresses and long legs, and see what happens. Uh, <laughs> actually, uh, red hits. What's his name? Bongo. Bonjo. Yeah. Bonjo came up to us on what Sunday? Sunday morning, yeah. And told me that uh, after the costume contest on Saturday night, him and a few of his friends were trying to rent twelve midgets, little people. <laughs> well, yeah, to come to the convention and and I don't know what drive me. Drive me straight to my room, but he said it was twelve hundred bucks to rent twelve midgets. I thought it was like fifteen hundred, but no, I mean, it's, it's tw- still awesome. But who? First of all, me. That's who would think. No, of no, that. no, I, Genius. How, how, what, what is there? Midget stores? I absolve myself from this conversation. Hire little people. Why? Because you're afraid of them too. 
I'm not afraid of them. Yeah, you are. are. Oh, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. You're, You're afraid, afraid of them and clowns. Midgets and clowns. Yeah. No, no, I'm afraid of dolls. Dolls. <laughs> not clowns so much. The, the doll the doll clown from Poltergeist? Yes. Dolls and clowns. Yeah, guess what you're getting for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> no matter. And I'm sticking it under. <laughs> and I'm sticking it under your bed. Thanks, thanks, Rob. And I'm going to call you up on Christmas Eve night at like eleven o'clock and say, your "Oh, your presents under your bed." I'll just, I'll just throw yours in the deep end of the pool. You know? <laughs> oh, oh man! That's so wrong. <laughs> How do you own a pool and not can't swim? <laughs> See, I, I do have to limit the kids going over by themselves because you know, Christopher did fall to the bottom that one time. Save pop. <laughs> yeah, I get to the outer edges of it. <laughs> we start playing baseball. He's like, oh, push me back, push me back. <laughs> it's a good time, man. It is a good time. It's always fun. The funny thing is, is that we have this, the craziest conversations when we're not recording, and then for just a, a five minute period there, we just. Let everyone into the oddness of the conversations. <laughs> the oddness of my life, yes. <laughs> so, so they can they can be a part of it. But man, it's uh, it's crazy. It's no, well, I, I would actually say I think that's one good thing. I think between you know the three of us, you know, I, I think we're we're all in good spots with each other. You know, and I know we've had our riffs from time to time, but you know, I think where we're at right now, um, they, you know, every, everything's lined up pretty well, and you know, couldn't be at a better time. I'll put it that way. Um, I mean, it, it's fun doing the show with these guys. It's just, it's life, man. You know what I mean? Like, we're family. You know what I mean? It's it's always going to be, it's always going to be the three of us. You know what I mean? People can get married and, and, you know, have girlfriends or whatever. But, I mean, when it comes down to it, it's always, I'm always, you know, going to be your father. And we're always going to be, we're always in things together. I mean, yeah, it's but, just, but when, when stuff hits the family, Princess, you know, Leia, the Carrie Fisher thing, hey, you know, we, we pulled together, we, we came through with some plans, and, you know, we... Oh, the, the Carrie know. Fisher thing was, you know, you know, you were with me when it, when it happened, um, and, uh, I mean, like I had said to you, man, like, we just got, we just got knocked down by Mike Tyson, you know what I mean? Like, we, we entered the ring, Mike Tyson hit us with his hardest shot, we hit the deck, and we can do one of two things. We can either stay down there, take the 10 count, and say, well, at least we showed up. Or we can come up and start swinging and, and hopefully, uh, you know, come back and, and rebound and find a way to win. And it, in all honesty, I think that's what we did. I mean, we got, we wound up, we had originally scheduled Carrie Fisher for Saturday and Sunday. We wound up getting Peter Mayhew, Chewbacca, for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So that's three days. So that's you know we, we added a day of, of autograph signing um, for Star Wars fans, and then we got Billy D. Williams for a day. So I mean we wound up replacing two days of Carrie Fisher with four days of two other characters, you know, major characters from the show. I mean, uh, it's we could have easily just said uh, Carrie Fisher canceled. Everybody saw the news. I mean it was it wasn't like. You know, am I making this up, or she wasn't really going to come, or any of that kind of stuff? I mean, TMZ had the story. People were telling me, you right? Know. I think that's what cushioned the blow for the audience. But to be able to add two celebrities within a week's time of twenty-four the show, hours, twenty-four. Well, no, yeah, I mean, you know, out from the show. What? Oh, a week yeah. At that point, or maybe a couple more days than a About week. About ten days. We were single out. digits, I think, at that point. Um, you know, just shows how much effort you put into it. 
uh, you know, I know you were texting with, with Dave and I. We were all trying to come up with whirlwind ideas of who could be what, who could do who, and who could bring in what. Uh, you know, but you put it together, and that shows you we care, you care, and you made it happen. Well, I, but we got lucky, too. I mean, uh, you know, I'd love to say, you know, I'm the Wizard of Oz, but... Um, Good movie, by the way. But, uh, midgets. Which I haven't seen. But, yeah, there's midgets in it. And they're in 3D, so Lollipop I don't know killed. about that. If they reach out to the screen, I might not see it. But, um, you know, I mean, we got very fortunate. The the, the managers of both Billy D and uh, Peter Mayhew um, really helped bail us out, uh, in some cases, uh, totally... Um, Dropped guarantees, uh, Peter Mayhew. Uh, I, I can't say enough about him and his agent. I mean, they really, you know, you, you talk about, you know, the cavalry coming to the rescue. Those guys really uh, did everything they could and more, and and were, you know, great people to, to work with, great people to talk to. Um, uh, the fans, I think, enjoyed meeting them. Um, you know, we really got lucky. You know, and I'm very thankful for that too. I mean, it's you know, it'd be great if I could just pick names out of a hat and just have them, you know, appear at the show. But we really got lucky. I mean, we could have just as easily not gotten either one of those two guys, and had have gone to the fan to say, "Hey, Carrie Fisher canceled, and I can't get a replacement." You know, but we got. And lucky. not only that, you also lucked out with um, Lori Holden. She was going to cancel the whole weekend. End up just missing Friday, so she was still there for Saturday and Sunday for everybody right, else. Right, right. Because uh, there were people that we had announced. I think Lori and uh, Bai Ling uh, found out. I think in the same day that both of those weren't going to make it. Uh, I mean, there were people. When we announced Walking Dead guests, all I heard in the beginning was it's a Walking Dead convention, um, and then when I announced that. Lori Holden wasn't coming. It was like people were, you know, on the ledge of the buildings ready to jump off. Pitchforks so, and torches. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I mean, it was, you know, it's, it's the counterbalance. But, um, you know, fortunately she did come in Friday. I'm sorry, she came in Friday night, uh, you know, and, and attended the show Saturday and Sunday. And you know, everybody that, you know, almost everybody that had wanted to meet her, I think, got to meet her. So mm-hmm. uh, really fortunate in that way, too. Uh, We're going to take another break because we're about uh, 19 minutes for this segment. And when we come back, we'll talk more recap. And uh, do we have any horror news for today? Uh, I got some. Uh, Yeah, because I want to talk to you about Bates Motel. Awesome. All right. Well, (laughs) thanks for blowing that next segment. (laughs) 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 All right. We'll be right back.
released something from that book. Something evil. This thing is attached to Mia's soul. We're gonna have to kill her. You are all going to die tonight. Mania Radio. I'm Doug, again, the best. Oh We've got Dave, the second best, as he said. The next best thing. <laughs> so that's all record for life now. The we next got best that, right? thing. The next best thing to Big Dave. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we got Captain Grumpy Pants and the big man. So so what's up, Dad? Photos? What do you want to go over? Uh, one thing I wanted to clear up, um, there seems to be some confusion as far as uh, photos with the stars. Um Apparently, fans were being told, I guess, either by some stars or their agents, uh, that the promoter or the Monster Mania staff was preventing them um, from taking photos with the fans. And I, I just want to go on record as saying that is absolutely not true. Um, we encourage the stars to take photos with the fans. Um, the only time we really try to limit that at all is if uh, the headliner's line is so long that we can't do posed photos because it's going to take up so much time that people towards the back of the line won't get a chance to meet the person they're standing in line for. Uh, other than that, we absolutely encourage the stars to take photos with the fans, and in most cases, uh, it's actually put into their contracts. So I just wanted to clear that up just to make sure everyone knows at no point do we ever tell people not to take photos with the fans. So, What's the best uh, way for a fan to take care of that? Would they come see you? Uh, I mean, there's, there's only so much, honestly, that I can do. I mean, I can't force a person to take uh, a photo with the fan. I mean, there's, you know, if the star doesn't want to do it, the star doesn't want to do it. Couldn't get Daniel Harris to take a photo with me. Well, you know. I don't blame her, dude. You're a creep. I think, I think that's most women. Though. Yeah. <laughs> It's his wife. wife. <laughs> his wife even backs out. I will say that I, you know, I, I worked it out for the uh, when you do the the Q and As. I worked it out where I figured if I announce her first, she'll come out sit next to me. So I did get that. That was uh, that was good. Well, um, speaking of Daniel Harris, she <laughs> she just contacted me uh, yesterday and said that she's this is going to be her last year doing conventions, and she asked if she could come down. Um, to our September show uh, and see the Monster Mania crowd one last time. 
Uh, so obviously I said absolutely. So she'll be in Baltimore? Yeah. Awesome. So we'll have her uh, on the guest list shortly for Baltimore, and I'll give her the heads up about how you uh, do the Q&A. <laughs> how you strategically plan your yeah. stalking creep. I'll just tell her to take the, the seat at the far end of the table. <laughs> well, I think Rob's having QAs in the hot tub. Right? <laughs> That's right. That, oh, that, that, that God. <laughs> there, there's an inside joke there, too. Dude, you're like a Norman Bates creep. I'll tell her, just a little just a little bit of bubble bath, not a whole container. Yeah, you can't pull a Kim. That's right. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, don't forget, uh, Monster Maniacon 25 is August 16th through the 18th in Cherry Hill. And then the 26th is September 27th through the 29th. You can go to monstermania.net for all guests and all info. And as always, visit Dave on Facebook at the Monster Mania page because he is always adding tons of information as it comes up. So uh, Also, in speaking about that... Um on Facebook, apparently, you're only allowed to have 5,000 friends, and they cap you. Um, so people that are sending me friend requests, I'm at the 5,000 mark. Uh, so I, They can subscribe to you. There is an add a friend or subscribe. Once you're over the limit, when they click add a friend, it automatically goes to subscribe. So you don't see what they post, but you see, uh, but they see, but they see what you post. So okay. you're still good. What we would recommend is for them to go to the Monster Mania page. Right. That, has, pl- that has plenty of room. Also, what I'm going to do, uh, I have to figure out how to do it over the next couple of days. I mean, it's just a matter of sitting down and doing it. Uh, I'm going to come up with, you know, a Dave Hagen 2 page so that we can continue, you know, adding people as friends. Um, and if you've already added Dave as a friend, do not add him again on the second account. Yeah. Because that defeats the it, purpose. Exactly. But for those that I've gotten like 46 requests that I haven't been able to add on to. Um, so once I get the second page set up, I will friend request the people that had sent me those requests. So I, I'm not ignoring you. just I'm at my limit. They are seeing what you have, what you write, though. Okay. They are. So we into horror news? So let's talk a little bit about horror news. Okay, first up, I guess we'll start with what happened most recently. Uh, the Bates Motel debuted last night. Um, I watched it. Did you? I did. I watched it. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly. I know. I was sick. Convention call. I can't believe that you actually watched it. I'm, I'm stepping up to almost watching Spooky Dookie oh, stuff. Oh, no. Wow. I started with The scary. Walking Dead, and that kind of fell off. But Bates like- Motel has some hot chicks in it. Norma, the mom, yeah. I'm going to say... For an older lady, I'm not a cougar hunter, but if I was, Wait, she would be on the radar. Wait, sure. hottie. Her, her name's Norma? Norma yeah. and Norman. Yeah. You're out of the show. <laughs> That's true. Wait, was that in the movie? But, was that in your- but, dude, in all honesty, the cop actually says that to her, like, uh, on the show. He says, Norman, Norma? And she's like, yeah, well, sometimes fathers... Yeah, dads have been doing it for years or right, something along right. those so lines. The- well, the, I guess uh, the... the- Norma Bates character, um, you know, her sister's also the uh, teenage girl, I'm blanking on her name, in the uh, American Horror Story Season 1. Um, I think uh, Violet, I think Violet might be her name. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't I didn't realize, I didn't know she had a sister, let alone that she was... And they're from Jersey. Yeah, they're from Passaic, I know. Can we get a wolf? Wolf. So, Dave, <laughs> your uh, your impressions on... Now, you're a big... I'm a big... Purist at heart. Here we go. Yes. No, so, I'm, and I'm a big Psycho fan. Right, right. why I bought the VHS player when me and your mom split up. Thanks, Mom. So, uh, <laughs> and, and I wrote to Robert Block. I mean, I, I was 
you know, you were so, in. You so were I, in I, it. I was all in for Psycho. Let all me right. Tell you. So Always we. Have been. So now early we were talking about it, and before it debuted, and we both were pretty not digging it because of what we saw. We saw the rave. We saw how it was a little bit modernized. But now, once you see it after episode one, what's your impression? Well, is there going to be spoilers? Should I leave the room? Why are you going to watch it? Yeah, I'm going to watch it. Well, I mean, but not, not really no, any no, spoilers. Just man up and listen. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I, w- I would say, first of all, I originally thought it was being presented as a prequel to Psycho. And when I saw, you know, the, the, the headphones and all that kind of stuff, it kind of turned me off in, in the previews and all for it. But I later found out that they were looking at it really as a reimagining of the whole Psycho story. Um, so I'm kind of cutting it some slack. To be to be honest with you, I'm going to watch episode two. I mean, I saw enough that I liked in episode one uh, t- to watch two. Uh, I-, I could see the point where I'm going to jump off of it, but... I liked it better than I liked the following. Yeah. Like, when I originally watched the following, I was kind of like, oh, it's okay. I feel a little bit better than, than it's just okay. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, I, I liked what I saw. You know, uh, I thought... I thought I think the casting is 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 done very well. Um, the actor that plays young Norman, I think, does a really good job. I mean, I could see how he evolved into you know the Anthony Perkins version of of Norman. Uh, I could kind of see there was a point there when the mom got mad. Um, I could kind of see how she would turn into you know the voice that you hear in Psycho saying you know they're whores and you know yeah. like that whole thing. I, I could see how that. Uh, character turns into uh, you know the character that that was in the film Um, the one thing that kind of threw me off um, was the fact that there's a brother uh, to Norman which um, I don't remember that being in I don't remember that being the case in the original novel or the movie Um, I don't I don't know how well that's going to fit in because when I watched the coming attractions for for like the rest of the season where they show like a recap for the season of like this season on, I don't know if I really like him being a part of it so much. Like uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I I, I don't want to think. I don't know if he's going to be the guy that's going to spoil it for me. I'm serious. Like, well, see, I, I, so, so he's like the Doug of the show. <laughs> yeah, right. Almost like, let one out there. Uh, you're, you're hating on him already. You guys got to go into things with an open mind. We here. did. We did. But we dude, you have to look. It. You you have to understand that. Like when I when I look at it, I look at it as originally when you start out watching it, you're thinking that you're watching something in the '50s. Their car, the way that they dress, even the atmosphere that they that they present. All of a sudden, you have a smartphone show up and hot chicks and and hot chicks and and a car like what was it a Mustang or or whatever? Yeah. So it's weird to me like how they place Norman and his mom in this little circle of things that are vintage. But yet everything outside of their circle is not vintage. But maybe that's the artistic quality they're living in. I mean, that's, and, that's, and that's good. You know, that's fine and good if that's, that's the way it is. That's cool. Symbolism. Well, I, I, there's some things that are interesting in it. I, mean, I think, you know, she buys the motel and, and towards the end of it, you know, not to spoil it for anybody, but uh, she sees the notice of how um, the, bypass. the bypass is being put in. Where if you know if you've watched the first Psycho, you know he Norman actually says, oh, you know the hotel, the motel used to be busy. 
uh, until the bypass came in and it killed everything. So, I mean, like, there's a lot of nods to the original um, that I like. Uh, like you had said, the, the scene where there's the body in, uh, the, in the bathtub and, you know, the shot is from overhead. Uh, kind of reminded me of, of uh, a Hitchcockian type of shot, you know, like, you know, if you know um, from the original one, how the shower head, uh, that, that was like one of the trickiest shots in film at the time, uh, how they filmed the shower head actually Where shooting the water towards right. you. Um, I, there, there was a lot in it that I saw that they were um, paying respect to the first one. Uh, as far as adding the brother, at first I didn't really like it, and then I realized that, I mean, looking at it from the writing standpoint, if it's just Norman and his mother, there's not a whole, I mean, that's not a lot of characters. True. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they had to fill it out with some other major characters for the show, and I think the brother is going to be the, uh, the voice of normalcy. I also think the cops are going to become regulars because the one cop was on Lost. He's a, a, a pretty good character actor. Well, you also see the one cop starts hooking up with the mom Yeah, in the previews. But so. you don't know if he's going to wind up getting killed off or whatever. But, uh, you know, uh, it's got potential. Um, I was not turned off by it. I'm not going to... I'm going to watch episode two and, and hope for the best, you know. Um, so we're, we're no longer watching the following. We're done with the... Yeah, I'm done with the following. Um, I, I've given up on uh, The Walking Dead, believe it or not. Just... Things going into the show just turned me off on uh, on watching it. Um, I, so I guess I'm on to Bates Motel for right now. Okay, and I think if you want to, you can follow them on inside at Inside Bates. I believe is the Twitter handle for the actual show. So I won't do that. No, I'll watch the show on TV. To be honest with you, I'm there, there, I've got so much information coming to me from so many different places. It's it's almost it's it's getting harder for me to keep up with it all. So I'll just watch the Bates Motel on television, and at some point, I don't know how long I'm going to last with it. Episode one was good enough to bring me back for episode mm-hmm. two. I'm just going to go week week by week. You're not a big um, horror fan so much. What did you think of it? I enjoyed it. I, I watched I mean, it. Like you're the audience that they're trying to capture. Yeah, he's the demographic. Yeah, because I don't watch them from the pure standpoint that you two, you know, watch from. He has a red shirt. Can't have a red shirt. You know, I think outside the box a little bit. The red shirt um, was stupid. It was dumb. All right, Trey Songz. But um, and the fact that you even know that dude's name. Well, he brought it up. Trey Songs, dude. He brought Come it up. on. But who remembers that? I would never remember that in a hundred years. He remembers years. everything. I, I so is a fool. At at when he was what eight? Still hearing eight, about it. Probably like younger. Four. Yeah, but an at at is completely different than Trey pre does. Pre does. Pre does. Wow. So that's like pre genius. The good days. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you wish. Without me, your life would suck. Oh yeah, <laughs> M- Mister. When he's a kid, right? I wake up. Right? <laughs> With the paint bucket? Yeah. Yeah, buddy! I wake up, I go downstairs, I, I go out to go to the bathroom, I see literally like pinkish footprints on the rug out in the hallway. So I follow, and they're little footprints. So I follow the footprints down the hall, down the steps, into the dining room where I was painting. Pink. Yeah, well, it was mauve, but... Oh. Whoa. <laughs> Someone's whipped, if you can't tell. 
Uh, well, you know, we'll go there at another time. But there's this giant paint spill in the middle of the rug. But miraculously, the can is set back up and the lid's back on. And I, I got a young child in bed with pink feet that denies any... <laughs> I'm going to be openly honest. I do not recall that. No, of course not. You don't recall drinking Mr. Clean either. No, because I think I was one. I don't think many people do. <laughs> So anyway, so that. so back to uh, Bates Motel. So just watching it from an entertainment standpoint, you know, I, I know I've seen Psycho. Um, I couldn't tell you all the characters and how everything panned out. You know, it's just not my my thing. But watching it from an entertainment standpoint, you know, I, th- I thought it was good. Um, you know, the rave didn't bother me. You know, it actually didn't. It bother bothered me, me that he's the new kid at school and. In three minutes, he's in a car with five hot chicks and one's sitting on his lap. And, You're just jealous. And texting him. Yeah, because when we moved to Jersey, that stuff didn't happen. <laughs> Almost cursed there. That stuff didn't happen. And he throws up, and then another yeah, girl's talking to him. he throws up, and another girl talks to him, and one dude like cuts him some slack. Yeah. You know, oh, that, he's new. That don't happen. No, if new dude throws up and right. has blood on his Chuck Taylors, new dude gets picked on for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but... Now, I know we got the no bullying act going on, but let's be realistic. New dude's puking in a trash can. New dude gets home from the flagpole. It's just happening. In his underwear. Yeah, but I mean, I see where they're going with that. They expect that the the audience would expect Norman to be the outcast from the very beginning and not have any friends and and use that as part of the excuse of becoming the transvestite Norman Bates that kills people and that stay at the motel. What the writers did with that, and I fully get it, um, they wanted to show, instead of showing the outcast misfit Norman Bates, they wanted to show that Norman had the opportunity to be accepted by other people and to fit into school and all that kind of stuff. And the mom is the one, and, and, and they're setting up the tension between him and the mom. I mean, what's eventually going to happen is, I would imagine you're going to find out he killed the mother and then put her up in, you know, in, in the bedroom. Well, I think at the end, they pretty much bring you to what's going to happen. You know, it's the I love you, mother. We're separate. We're, we're together. What's it? Well, string connects our hearts or whatever his yeah. cheesy, corny comment mm-hmm. is. Um, the incest is kind of questionable. I can tell it's going to get awkward in well, the show. Well, especially he's at the top of the steps <clears throat> and he, like, looks up through the, and, the yeah, window. And she's and got she's, her bra on. Yeah. It almost made me not want to tell my kids I love them because it was real creepy. <laughs> That's why I never told you guys. I think still to this day, I don't think I've ever heard it from you. So we might, we might be all right with that. Um, I know I tell my guys like too many times a day probably, but uh, that show made me want to think about that again. Uh, so, I mean, you'll go back and rewatch it? I mean, you'll go back and watch it. I'm not going to rewatch it. It's not Jersey Shore, buddy. Oh. But I will. Oh. <laughs> I just had to throw something in. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to watch season two. I got it. Or episode two. Episode two, yeah. two. I got it set for uh, pre-record. Nice. Uh, in keeping with horror television, uh, it was just announced that season three of American Horror Story, the subtitle of it's going to be Coven. Uh, like we discussed before, they've added Kathy Bates, and it has been confirmed that um, there will be some shooting in New Orleans uh, as well as some other cities. Um, and obviously with the name Coven, it means that the third episode, third season is going to center around the idea of witches. So uh, have we? We never really talked about this much. I don't think. Did you say you watched season one or season two? I, I did. Yeah. Now I actually I think I might start going back because it, that show seems to be. I, I was a little disappointed to be honest with season two. I like season one better. Um, 
there were I, I didn't like the I didn't like the um, outer space alien element yeah. of of season two. Season three with being a uh, a witch theme. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be great to see Kathy Bates. I agree. And apparently she's going to be the adversary for Jessica Lange. So That'll be great. Uh, that should be some really good acting between the two of those. Um, also in the news, uh, there's talk of an escape from New York, uh, either reboot or prequel. Um, according to Deadline, Silver Pictures, that's headed up by uh, legendary action film direct, uh, producer Joel Silver, uh, along with Studio Canal, is spearheading a proposed trilogy project. Yeah. Uh, Snake's going to be rebooted, and the producers want to take on, like, kind of, I guess, a new angle. Uh, they want to do an origin story, and uh, there's different um, different ideas going around about how they want to go about this. Apparently, they're they're searching for a writer. It's going to include a new take on Snake Plissken. And his adventures. All right, so. so let's talk about this for a second. Now, I'm actually a big fan of Escape from New York. Uh, I you, loved Escape from New York. Uh, I, you and I went to see Escape from L.A. Did we? Yeah, we did, and it was horrible. You did? Not a chance, brother. No, it was you, you and me. Really? So I, I wiped that from my memory then. That's like a repressed memory. It was, it was so awful. Bad. It was awful. Soundtrack was good. I like the premise of being an island that's, you know, closed in. All the convicts are there, and in the movie, it was the president's plane crashes in the building, and it's actually the president's plane crashed into the World Trade Center. That's correct. Yep. Because when we had John Carpenter um, for the first convention he did, um, him and I were talking about it. it. You know, it was after obviously it was after nine eleven, and I had watched it to study up for uh, hosting the, the Q&A with them. And when I'm watching, I'm like, holy moly, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it crashes into the World Trade Center, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, and he said that when 9-11 happened, it was the first thing he thought of. Wow. So. Um, what is your impressions of a trilogy or a prequel? Um, I mean, the story kind of... I, I loved the first right. film. Yeah. I, I loved Escape from New York. I hated... Escape from LA. Of course. I hated the whole basketball shooting right. scene. I mean, I just thought... He was on a surfboard. Uh, and, uh, it was just... Yeah. I, I hated it. I just thought it was the worst thing ever. Um, Tell me how you really feel. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I <laughs> just thought it had no redeeming qualities at all. Uh, honestly, I mean, I could see why somebody would want to do prequels and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I mean, to me, Kurt Russell is Snake Plissken. And... Um, I'm of the leave well enough alone camp. There was a rumor Liam Neeson would take over. Uh, so no. Kurt Russell that's can a, get older and become Liam Neeson in a I'm prequel? I'm just telling you, dude. Like, I, I, I kind of... Like, I understand. Like, uh, they're remaking everything. I get it. Especially a lot of the Carpenter stuff. But I... Uh, man, I don't know if this needs to be remade. I just don't. I just don't. I don't, I don't see... The story is, is so self-containing... Like you, like we don't. I don't really care what Snake Plissken did before he got shipped in and did the the the, the favor that he does. I just gets, want the car with the chandeliers on it. I don't think you'll see, even see that. No, I mean I want that. Oh, car. Oh, you want that car? But I don't think I don't think that you'll see because that was a different era. I don't think you'll. It won't have that charm. I just don't think so. I don't know if it needs to be. I don't know if it needs to be redone. That's my two cents. Uh, the only person I could see redoing it would be Robert Rodriguez. 
Oh, that'd be good. That, like I, a grindhouse type yeah, style. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That's, that's the only one. person I would. That, that's the only name that could get connected to it that would make me interested in seeing mm-hmm. it. Uh, and last but not least on horror news was uh, an announcement that Capcom and Valve, you should be interested in this, uh, has announced that Resident Evil 6, uh, I guess it's going to be a Resident Evil 6 versus Left 4 Dead 2 project where they're going to cross over the two uh, games and have characters that are from Left 4 Dead Part 2 featured exclusively in the PC version of Resident Evil 6 while enemies from Resident Evil 6 will invade the PC version of Left 4 Dead 2. Um, I've never played the games. I've watched the Resident Evil movie. I've watched someone play Left 4 Dead 1, which I thought was interesting. Um, But what's your idea of... What's your thoughts on combining those two? I've actually only played Resident Evil, so I don't know about Left 4 Dead. Um, And it's actually been a while. So, I mean, if, if it's something the gamers are into, I mean, that's... Was it? Remember, we were looking at the list for Resident Evil, and every Resident Evil movie has been in like yes, yeah, like outrageously. It's made tons and tons of money. So, zombies are hot. I can see it happening. I, I, I mean, I can't say that I care much. I mean, not to be a, the party pooper, but but I'd you're like, going to be. I am because, like, yeah. I mean, after grumpy <laughs> it up. After, like, how, how many times did you watch Resident Evil One? Any of you? You watched Resident Evil 1, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that, was, a that was a good movie. Yeah, I agree. Now, part two, part three, what are they on? Like, part five or six I now? think they're I don't even know. No, this is the game. This is not the movie. This is the game. But they've made, like, four or five movies now. Uh, I th- yeah, I think the, I think the next yeah, movie I, is I, the I, sixth I, I, one. I, I could be wrong. Up to and, and, you know, I'll rent them on Redbox. I mean, it, it's something I can watch and, like, you know, turn my brain off. And Not that I enjoy it, but it's... Kind of fun in like a bad way, you know what I mean? Like, not that I enjoy it. <laughs> I have better things to do than watch a movie and turn my brain off. No, no, no. But, but I mean, you know, there's some like, hey, you know, like the bad movies it's on a Sci-Fi Popcorn Channel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you could turn like, hey, I'll, I'll watch it. You know. But do you think? Uh, I'm sure it'll do tons of money. Hey, I also well, this, t- this is the game though. This is. Uh, I mean, what I think is interesting about it is I, I know uh, for buying you guys some uh, things for Christmas the. Like Capcom had the, uh, what is it, the DC Heroes versus Mortal Kombat or something like that. Yeah. Like I thought it was a pretty good combination of two different um, uh, franchises or titles or whatever you want to say, where they're actually going to have you know. I think it's DC versus Cap, uh, DC versus Mortal Kombat. And Capcom versus Marvel, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But I, I, mean, I just thought this, you know, going following along that trend, uh, you know, to, to see it cross over to, to horror games, you know, Left 4 Dead Part 1 was, when that came out, was, uh, I think, voted Game of the Year. Um, you know, I think it's interested, interesting to see, you know, the Resident Evil crossover with, with Left 4 Dead. I, I don't play the games, so I really don't know. I'd be interested to hear from people that do. Uh, you know, let us know what you think of it. Hey, more importantly, yesterday, today is Tuesday the 19th, yesterday started filming for Godzilla in Vancouver. Uh, not still nothing. Uh, I. You came in on a high horse and got I, shot. Really, probably. dude, right? No, I mean, I, I, I would love for it to be uh, a fantastic thing. Um, everything I've seen, no, nothing I've seen come out about it. Makes me. Darabont's the only 
good thing. Mm-hmm. And we don't even know how much involved exactly he is. Exactly, how, how involved is he? I don't know. Well, but one thing Doug, I will Doug's say... Doug's a huge Godzilla fan from back in the day. Negative. Oh! <laughs> uh, one thing I'll say, going back to Bates Motel, just throwing it out there, uh, how they've done black and white versions of The Mist, speaking of Darabont, and how now they're showing black and white versions of The Walking Dead... I wonder how interesting it would be if they would have taken the Bates Motel and stuck with the black and white filming of it. Nobody probably would have watched it. I don't yeah, think so. nobody wants to watch that. It's tough. Uh, tough people man. are watching the black and white um, Walking Dead show, but it's established, correct? I mean, season one—if you would have put that on, nobody's watching it. Now that it's become the juggernaut, I, and, 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 and there's guys like you know that, that we know, like hey, if it's black and white, people aren't touching it just yeah. because it's. I mean, what was that Frank and Wayne? I mean. Wasn't that Frank and Wayne? Yes. My boys didn't really seem like they wanted to see it. Weird movie. But anyway. I, I, I would like to see... I would, I would have liked to have seen Bates Mattel being black and it white. It can't be modern, though, if it is. Right. It needed to be the 50s or 40s, whatever. Mm-hmm. It would do, then it would need to be like the 40s. Yeah, and I guess we're going back to me wanting the original... Correct. ...version of the prequel instead of the rebooted... Correct. Reimagined or whatever they Which want to I, call is it. a word I just absolutely hate. Reimagined? Hate it. Do you? It's kind of like, uh, I remember when I was a kid, cars were used. Now they're pre-owned. It's just... it's just Which really doesn't make sense. No. Pre-owned, they mean it was owned before or they mean... I mean, I know that's what they mean, but pre-owned to me sounds like something before you own it. But that's a whole other... That, like how you hate... Proper how you hate the word for reimagined. I just hate it. I hate pre-owned. It's a used car. Just say it's a used car. Right. So this is just a remake. Yeah. Yeah. How was the premiere of No Clowning Around? The premiere of No Clowning Around was actually good. Thank you for asking. Uh, Did you I, I show up? I, I, dude, <laughs> uh, let me tell you something. It, I think uh, that... I had to give free passes to all his cousins. <laughs> I thought we had to pay everybody. <laughs> the, the ones that he doesn't sleep with? That, the, <laughs> what? <laughs> that room was about 75% Whoa. full... And uh, it was really good. We had a good Q and A. It was uh, it was fun. And it's funny. Let me can I I'm going to interject for a second because now you, you guys have I'm actually in the process of filming a new a new film and it's titled Baggage and it, we've decided we shot some some test footage on Sunday. It's going to be black and white. It's a big day to like it. I, I and the reason no. is the reason is is because. The, the uses of black and white in, like, Hitchcock or things like that, or even Universal, was that the shadows can be so beautiful to see when, in color, shadow just comes up black, when there's different shades of shadow in black and white. So, and there's different tones and stuff, and I think it sets the mood. So, for us, like, some people have already said, like, why are you doing black and white? And I just was like, why not? Like, I just, I don't know. I just think there's something magical about black and white, and that's why I think... When you go back and you watch The Mist in black and white, that it's a completely different movie. And I don't think that you necessarily see The Walking Dead in black and white, that it's a different movie. Because it's really, it's a different show. Because I don't really see it as that. When it's black and white, it's just black and white. But The Mist, because of... The atmosphere. The atmosphere, it, it definitely comes, comes across differently. So, but... Uh, well, that's, I mean, if you're talking about black and white movies, um, it's subtitled. But the, the 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 movie to watch for atmosphere uh, is the Spanish Dracula. Um, the person that plays Dracula is not can't hold a candle, no pun intended, 
to uh, Balagosi, but they filmed the Spanish Dracula using the same sets on the same days that they filmed the English version, except they filmed the Spanish version at night. And it's... Um, I got to look that up because you had told me about that before. It, yeah, if you have crazy. any of the more recent Dracula DVDs, uh, the Spanish version is on that too. Um, so are you saying? Let me see if, if we're. Uh, are you saying you like it better than? I don't like it. I don't like it better than many, many, many people do. I mean, for me, what makes uh, the original 1931 Dracula the film that I love the most is because the actors. You know, Bela Lugosi as Dracula. Um, Dwight Fry, Dwight Fry. yeah, I mean, Dwight, you couldn't find a better actor to play that character. He just, he steals the show almost. Uh, and William Sloan as um, Van Helsing, Helen Chandler, uh, you know, as the love interest. I mean, for me, that's my favorite film. But the Spanish Dracula is much more atmospheric. The acting's not as good, uh, although uh, Lupita Tovar is phenomenal. Um, She's the love interest in that. A little Dave throwing the names out no, there. No, no. We, we, almost, we had, almost had her in the first show. We almost had her for the yeah. first show, but she got sick. She was in her 80s or yeah. 90s. I mean, yeah, she, she died not too long after that, within a, within a year or two. Why do you, what do you think the, the lore of black and white is compared to color? I'm just asking. Uh, I think you... Uh, I think it adds an atmosphere that, that, that color breaks up. I mean, color... Black and white takes you to its own world, and if if filmed, you know, artistically, it can really uh, add a whole dimension to the film um, that you know that that's not available in color. Um, you know, watch the Spanish Dracula. You'll, you'll I'm see definitely going to check it about. out. Um, if you don't have it, I mean, next time I see you, I'll loan you a copy. Yeah, definitely. I want to check it out for sure. All right, so uh, this is going to wrap up this episode, but first we need to thank our sponsors. Yeah, I, I really, uh, they went above and beyond. The people from FearNet sponsored uh, the VIP party, uh, and they were out in the hall across from us the, the whole weekend. It was great to see Gavin and the group. Um, and there was a Tales from the Crypt, Crypt Keeper. The yeah, they had the Tales from the Crypt, 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 Crypt Keeper. Taken. They had John Kassir out at their table for a little bit. Um, also, uh, the people from the Evil Dead for sponsoring the um, the costume contest. I really, uh, really appreciate everything that they did. Um, the the winners from the costume contest will be contacting directly. Uh, what had happened? One of the things, one of the snafus, I guess. Um, when the costume contest was over, we couldn't find the people from the Evil Dead at first. Um, we had taken the names of the winners, and then. Uh, the Evil Dead people came in and, and gave out uh, prizes to the audience and things like that, but uh, we will be contacting the winners from uh, the contest with uh, individual prizes. And can I say that Evil Dead had like a little debut, and res the reviews are extremely positive. I had heard there's not a gorier R film that's out there. Yeah, I still wish it would have went NC-17. Tell me, man, I can't wait. What's that, uh, April, April 4th? 4th. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. How about it? Yeah, I'm looking Evil forward Dead, to baby. All right, so uh, that's going to wrap up this episode of Monster Mania Radio. Don't forget, Monster Mania Con 25 is back right here in Cherry Hill at the Crown Plaza Hotel. It's going to be August 16th <laughs> through the 18th, and uh, I'm sure that that Dave is already at work for some guest lineup surprises that are going to just. Dude, I'll tell you, I. 
immediately after the show, I, I worked at my regular job uh, until yesterday. Uh, and then I basically took most of Monday off. Uh, just totally, totally exhausted, man, from the show. Between doing the show and then immediately jumping back into work for, I don't know, seven days in a row, whatever it was. Man, I was wiped out. Like, today is the first day. I even put on Twitter, like, you know, I'm finally catching my breath. I mean, I, I was exhausted. Um, spent a lot of today and a few hours yesterday working on some people for uh, for August and September. So, uh, hopefully some of those things will come to fruition and uh, we'll have some guest announcements. But, hey, we did soon. have a guest announcement today. Yep. Daniel Harris going to be in Harris Baltimore. September. September 27th through the 29th. It's going to be Monster Mania Con 26. It's at Hunt Valley, Maryland at the Hunt Valley Inn. And just wanted to say thank you to everyone that attended the show. I mean, it just uh, was, it, I can't put into words, uh, you know, what what our feelings were uh, during the weekend. I mean, it was just um, for, for a 10th anniversary, um, it, it was everything we hoped and dreamed it would be and more. I mean, I was just, you know, like I said, going back to, you know, I, I kept being reminded of the first time, you know, we had done it and, you know, what it's what it's come from to what it is now. And it's just, you know, thanks for the fans that made it what it is. And I can only speak as a fan to thank you guys for uh, the job well done. It was a killer weekend. So I, I, I can't, I, there's people out there that are still raving about it. So job well done, guys. Thanks. Um, make sure you check out monstermania.net. Make sure you check out monstermaniaradio.net. You can look for us on Stitcher Radio, on iTunes, and we'll be back next week. Take care. <laughs>